from MPB Think Radio. This is Now You're Talking. I'm your host, Marshall Ramsey. Hey, we'll stay in the Oscar spirit this morning and speak with film enthusiast, producer, and director Anita Modak-Turan about the Oscars and the interesting turn that they took last night. We'll also talk with her about her film work and later legendary entertainer Lee King, who used to work with James Brown, is bringing back his popular show, Black Gold. We'll find out why he's bringing it back and what people can expect. Our question of the day is this. When it comes to awards, who do you think should decide the winner, the people or a panel? Call us at 877-MPB-RING or email me at marshall at mpbonline.org. We'll be back right after the news. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand. From MPB Think Radio, this is Now You're Talking. I'm your host, Marshall Ramsey. Hey, we're going to stay in the Oscar spirit today because you know what? That's what everybody's talking about. And I'll be honest with you, uh, there's a lot of people out there that are like, what happened last night? And the one person in America who's as happy about it as possible is Steve Harvey. Because Steve Harvey now (laughs) realizes, you know what, I am been finally cleared free. Right. Yeah. (laughs) I know his tweet this morning was hilarious. He said, yeah, I I went to bed early last night. I heard something happened on the Oscars. What was that? Yeah. Very, very cool. Yeah, he's, very cool. he's he's all done now. So yeah. the, the the headline is no longer <laughs> going to be about him. New memes are coming. Exactly. He's free and clear. Uh, I tell you, we got a great show, though. Anita Modak-Turan, you've heard her on before. She was on for many years on Morning Edition doing film reviews. Absolutely fantastic. I look forward to catching up with her because I haven't really seen her since she uh, left town. Yeah, but, and she's awesome, and it's great that we're going to have her on after this Oscars uh, flub or whatever you want to call it right. happened. So I'm uh, really excited to hear uh, from Anita this morning. She'll she'll give us the uh, professional view on what happened last night. Right. Yeah, because she's, of course, she's a, a writer and a producer and so forth on films and very talented and look forward to talking to her. And Lee King is going to be back with us. Uh, I love Lee. Lee's like one of the most talented people I've ever met. A guy that at age 13, he was a radio DJ. He was one of the youngest African-American radio engineers ever in the United States. Uh, worked with James Brown. Just an incredible track record. But, you know, for years had the show Black Gold here in Mississippi. Like for 21 years was the number one show in the time slot, mm-hmm. which that's like incredible. I mean, that's a, yep. a run that's hard to believe. And he's bringing it back. He's bringing it back. He is bringing it back. He's getting the band back together. So that's going to be a lot of fun. And I look forward to catching up with him because he's just yeah. he's just great on the radio. He's so. just a fun guy. And he has his own radio show. So, of course, he's great on radio. But exactly. <laughs> exactly. Because he's all polished and smart and everything. So, mm-hmm. yeah, the Oscars last night, I watched it. I, I got in late from a visitation. Um, and I'm probably going to mention this a little bit later in the show. A friend of mine's son took his own life in a very mm-hmm. difficult situation. Uh, got in, but it was kind of nice to actually turn on the TV and watch some fluff. Mm-hmm. And I thought Jimmy Kimmel did okay. Yeah. He did, did a fine job. Um, I like the tour bus, bringing the people in, unbeknownst to them. I and heard the, about that. Yeah, yeah. That, that was pretty funny. And I felt like the t- couple that got married, quote unquote, by Denzel Washington, <laughs> that was pretty cool. I love Denzel. I, I hate he didn't win yesterday. Uh, we do have Anita on the line also, if you wanted to go ahead and bring her in. Yeah, great. Anita, how are you? I have not talked to you in a million years. Well, it is great talking to you and and talking about Oscars because, yes, last night was an exceptional night. Yeah, okay, this is what happened to me because, you know, 10 (laughs) o'clock's way past my bedtime. And so 
they're like, la, 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 win, la, 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 I can't even say it, la, la, land wins. <laughs> and I was like, well, hooray. And I just faded off to sleep, and all of a sudden I hear a commotion, and Moonlight won. That that was surreal. That's that's happened once before in the Oscars, hadn't it? I don't remember the last time it happened. I can't believe it hasn't happened. But, you know, now with La La Land was going in there with 14 nominations and everybody, it, it almost seemed like it was a shoo-in for Best Picture. It was the one category where it was like, okay, you know what? We can just count on La La Land being this hopeful, dreamy movie, a pat on the back to, you know, all that's romantic and nostalgic about Hollywood and then next thing you know we're watching it you're right the three producers from La La Land give these beautiful speeches and then there's this upset and you get one of the producers from La La Land saying no no we did not win we did not win this isn't a joke Moonlight won and then Barry Jenkins coming on with his group in just an incredible film and accepting the best picture Oscar I think that was about as exciting as the Oscars has ever been. We have the clip, and, and I'll be honest with you, they'd taken a crowbar to get that Oscar out of my fingers after they told me I won it, so that would have been <laughs> tough. But we do have the clip, clip of what happened. For best picture. <laughs> You're impossible. <laughs> Come on. La La Land. There's a mistake. Moonlight, you guys won best picture. Moonlight won. This is not a joke. This is not a joke. I'm afraid they read the wrong thing. This is not a joke. Moonlight has won Best Picture. Moonlight, Best Picture. This is a very unfortunate what happened. Somebody's going to get in trouble for that one. Well, I think Price Waterhouse has taken full responsibility for it. You know, I thought Jimmy Kimmel was very gracious when he took full responsibility for it. But, but but things do happen, and I think that's why Barry Jenkins, when he was interviewed after it happened, said, you know, things just happen. Yeah. And what shows you what true showmanship went on last night was that the show continued on. Yeah. Yeah, and I thought it was. Very, yeah, seamless transition. I thought so, too. And I thought, the, I thought the show was, it was a little long, but they always are. But I felt like the show flowed pretty well last night. Oh, I did, too, with that. Beginning with that Justin Timberlake huge number with all that dancing it was and and you could tell the house was so energized and the fact that this year i think more than many other years it was a celebration of diversity of viewpoints and cultures and voices and and that made it really fun and i agree with your comments marshall about jimmy kimmel i thought he tried to balance you know the jokes and not be too mean-spirited and to bring it like the tweeting <laughs> the tweeting he did um, it was incredibly a fresh idea to try to bring in a younger generation and to engage the president in a discussion. Yeah, <laughs> you up. I thought that was hilarious. You up, question mark on that. And, you know, I mean, and if anybody started dragging a little bit in the audience, he would just parachute donuts and candy down to him. That's right. That's right. Was that not incredible? I thought that was great. That was great. Were, were there any movies that you thought maybe should have won that didn't for anything? No, I'm going to tell you I, what I was – what was incredible to me was that Moonlight did win Best Picture. I don't know how many of our, you know, listeners have actually seen this movie, but, you know, everybody was talking about La La Land because it was one of those throwbacks to an older time. But this movie is, you know, Barry Jenkins made this movie. He grew up in Miami. It's about, it's about characters that really have had a very tough life, and yet there's still hope. And what's so important about that movie, and I think it is an important movie, whereas La La Land is an entertaining movie, 
I think Moonlight is both entertaining and has something to contribute to content and to make us all feel better. When I look at all the Mississippi filmmakers, and I represent some of them, and they have these great voices, and then they're given that opportunity to bring that voice to the screen and then to be recognized um, for those contributions in front of a billion people, it just gives me chills. I mean, it is, it is, it is about dreams coming true in the reality that we lived in. And I think this is a nice segue, Marshall, for me to say that Mississippi has some of the finest filmmakers in the country. And one day we are going to see them up on that stage receiving an Oscar. But we really do need to continue our motion picture incentive program. So I know that you're a big supporter of the arts, Marshall, and every and most people that are listening to this are. But House Bill 711 is very, very important to continue for our state to put out the best creative product we can in the motion picture space. And I'm asking all of our listeners that if you want to see Mississippians on that stage accepting Oscars, then they need to call their their senators now. They need to call the lieutenant governor. They need to say, you know what, Barry Jenkins from Miami did it. I want to see people like Maximus Wright on that on that set next year. Right. I want to see, you know, the next Morgan Freeman getting an Oscar. I want to see all of our talent doing that. And we have lots of talent. When I think of, I, I interviewed half the people that were up for awards this year because many of them were part of the help. So I look at Octavia Spencer, a girl from the South, who, you know, who followed her dream and she's up there. Now, she's not from Mississippi, but the point is she came to Mississippi. She, she supports the South. Are we not proud? I am proud for her. I was so proud of Viola Davis. I thought hers was the best speech of the evening. I don't know what you thought, Marshall. Oh, I agree. But, we've, we've got that speech also. Let's listen to a little bit of it. You know, there's one place that all the people with the greatest potential are gathered. One place. And that's the graveyard. People ask me all the time, what kind of stories do you want to tell Viola? And I say, exhume those bodies. Exhume those stories. The stories of the people who dreamed big and never saw those dreams to fruition. People who fell in love and lost. I became an artist, and thank God I did, because we are the only profession that celebrates what it means to live a life. I think she deserves an Emmy for that Oscar um, acceptance speech. And you know what's great about her? She is one of the few people that has won Tony, Emmy, and Oscar. That's right. Now, what would it take for her to win a Grammy? <laughs> Somebody <laughs> says she could do an audio book, uh, maybe. You know, I love that. You're right. She needs a Grammy, too. Next year, we'll see her at the Grammy. So I think Whoopi Goldberg is the only one that has that, that EGOT thing, uh, the Emmy, Grammy, Oscars, and uh, the, the other Tony Award. Um, but, Anita, when, when you were talking, you mentioned a few things. Um, I, I wanted to ask, do you think the the, hosh, the hashtag, not the hashtag, the hashtag um, Oscars So White from last year had any impact on how awards were given to films with black people in them this year? I don't know if it had a direct impact, but I do think last year when we were watching the Oscars and it was, there was a lack of diversity, I think it made voters look and say, why is that? What happened? Mm -hmm. Why are we sitting here? Malcolm X was 
was up. Wasn't there one? No, it was the Martin Luther King movie was up right. last year. But that was the only sort of diversity. And I think it made people realize that, you know, we got to look at all the films. We got to look at all the films. But Moonlight's and, just a, such a powerful story as is. And, I mean, all the performances were fantastic, too. And that's what was so refreshing that you saw diversity of the performances, but you also saw just great quality all the way across the board. No, that's true, too. And then when we look at the documentary category, which is a category near and dear to my heart, because I am the executive producer on a documentary that will be taking place in Mississippi, O.J. Made in America yeah. won the documentary, and everybody knew that going in. But another fantastic documentary on that list was I Am Not Your Negro. It is definitely worth watching, um, as is O.J. Made in Heaven. And then we had the foreign language film, The Salesman, and that impassioned speech from, you know, that was from a letter because the filmmaker couldn't come into this country for fear of, I don't know, being picked up by immigration or the ban. And so this year was certainly a, a much more interesting and, I thought, um, well-rounded than the past. And uh, maybe it's because of the hashtag or maybe not, but people were really thinking about it. And, you know, it's great that we can have that kind of dialogue. We're talking with Anita Modek Turan about the Oscars and about movies in general. We're going to talk a little bit about her career as well. And we do have a great question of the day, which is this. When it comes to awards, who do you think should decide the winner, the people or a panel? You can call us at 877-MPB-RING or you can email us at marshall at mpbonline.org. This is Now You're Talking. We'll be back. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand. Welcome back. This is Now You're Talking on MPB Think Radio. I'm your host, Marshall Ramsey. Happy Monday. It's the day after the Oscars, and that's what we're talking about right now. We've got one of my favorite people, Anita modak Turan, on. And I tell you, we're talking a lot about the question of the day, which was, when it comes to awards, who do you think should decide the winner, the people or a panel? And you can give us a call at 877-MPB-RING. My thought on that is very simple as this. Keep it on a, a panel of experts. And because I don't know anything about sound design or, I mean, I've got my opinions, but my opinions are about worth what they're worth, which is nothing. Um, if they want to throw a people's choice for a movie in there and give them a little um, chocolate, oscar or something for it you know on that but uh, honestly i like it the way it is because it gives us something to talk about on monday morning anita i tell you um you you said something about the given the money making sure the money the incentives out there for filmmakers and and I, you were talking about the help and i kept thinking while you were talking about how much pride that brought to mississippi and how much well revenue that it brought to greenwood but just absolutely, all of us were very proud when that movie came out because we saw, well, there's a family member or there's, oh, there's the state capitol or, you know, and movies do that for us. They give us something to be proud about, don't they? They really do. And when we look at the help, for example, and look at, let's just look at this year. So Emma Stone was in the help. Yes. And she wins the Best Actress Oscar for a different movie. Viola Davis was in the help and she wins Best Supporting actress 
We have Octavia Spencer, who was in The Help, and she was nominated for, you know, Best Actress in a Supporting Role. So much. And then when we think of how people's careers start, most people start in their state for motion pictures. Right. So, you know, when you talk to Tate Taylor, he'll say that he worked on a film that was in Mississippi and that inspired him to go on to become, you know, one of the most well-known directors, certainly from our state, doing these wonderful movies, most recently Girl on a Train. Or if you talk to Ward Emling, who's done an absolutely amazing job running Mississippi's film program and is a leader around the world in what he knows and how to develop business, he also started on a movie that was being shot here in Mississippi. And it's those opportunities, like you were talking about, Marshall, where you know somebody in a movie or somebody gets the opportunity to be a production assistant in a movie, and then that leads to a long-time career. I work with lots of Mississippi filmmakers in my work at Butler Snow Entertainment and Media, and I will tell you the talent is there. We need to support that talent. And one of the ways we support talent is through motion picture incentives. That's how this business runs. Every producer in the world that's worth anything will follow the money. And Mississippi right now is a program that competes among the best of all the programs. There's Georgia, there's Louisiana, there's New Mexico. And Mississippi is ranked right up there. Last year was a banner year for Mississippi. There were more film productions in Mississippi than there were in the previous year. And every year it grows. And every year we expand our base and our depth of creative talent. But the the talent is there. We all know that. And if you're a producer, too, you have to love Mississippi because you can get just about any kind of setting that you need in our state. Um, it's, I mean, okay, you need the coast. You got the coast. You got, well, you got the Delta. You know, it's just amazing what the, you know, Atlanta's great. And, of course, Atlanta's kind of the, met, now the, because of their incentives is, is kind of the epicenter of the film industry. But, yeah, I'd love to see um, everything thrown into it. And I guess putting it into an agricultural kind of reference, we have incredibly fertile soil here, but we just need a little bit of an advance on the seeds. Oh, that's beautiful. That was very poetic, Marshall. Oh, well, thank you. I may actually get into poetry someday. That would be good. Once was a man from Nantucket. Um, I, I was looking at, you know, Mel Gibson came back out of nowhere. Um, of course, he, he kind of stuck his own foot in his mouth a while back. But I, I thought Hacksaw Ridge was probably one of the best war movies I've seen. I th- still think I like Saving Private Ryan a little bit better. But wow, what a powerful movie that turned out to be. Yeah, Hacksaw Ridge is a very powerful movie and the performance of the lead character was was another exceptional performance. Yeah. Was there was there anything about last night's show? I thought the musical numbers were incredibly powerful last night, too. I did. I think I like Justin Timberlake's um, opening number the best just because he, he just seizes the crowd. Yeah. He just engages the audience. He, he, he's a consummate performer, but they all were. Okay, I do have to say I really like The Rock. And after watching, like, the pre-show, you know, inquiry with Robin Robbins, right? Right. <laughs> Robin Roberts. I was sitting there, and I was going, is he really going to sing? And he didn't sing, but, you know, he's another one of those people that sort of lights up the stage. I thought that was a really great moment, too. He is a true entertainer. And I, what is he, like, the highest-paid actor right now in, in, in the world? It's like, wow, The Rock. Is, That's pretty cool. The, the nicest. And then we saw, you know, seeing the people who won the um, awards for – what were they called, the Tech Awards, and how cleverly they did that. That was a nice tribute. You know, there was another uh, mistake made in the Oscars for the In Memoriam. Yes. Apparently, one of the people that they showed, this is so unfortunate, 
um, it was the wrong photo. Yeah, poor Jan Chapman. She's an Australian producer. <laughs> She's sitting there watching. All of a sudden, like, she pops up on the screen. She probably had to take her pulse just to make sure she was still alive. <laughs> you're, you're absolutely right. Poor thing. And you know what it shows you is when you think of Hollywood and you think of the Oscars, we all just expect these shows to be perfect. You know, there's this thing like, oh, everything goes perfectly. But the reality, there's a million things that can go wrong. And typically, nothing that we can observe goes wrong. The show goes on. And, and this year, this year had some, some challenges. Well, think about how many hosts have gotten up there and have gotten a black mark by their name because they were absolutely terrible. You know, and I mean, I'm just thinking about Jimmy Kimmel. Okay, you got 35 million people watching you and you're having to run a show and make sure it stays on time. And, and part of your job is doing that is just making sure things stay clicking and stay moving. I, for what they paid him, they didn't pay him that much considering um, I probably would have had three heart attacks, but it worked out. Real, <laughs> I think it worked out well for him last night. I did sort of enjoy his banter with Matt Damon going back. Oh, my and gosh. And- <laughs> it, I never, you know, I, I'm, that's been going on for years. And when Damon got up on stage and, and they started playing him out you know, and then they showed down in the pit and it was Jimmy Kimmel directing the orchestra. I was like, that is hilarious. It is. That was sort of laugh out loud funny. And, you know, that was one of those jokes that's not a mean-spirited. It didn't seem mean-spirited. Right. It seemed, it seemed sort of gentle. And then the whole thing of ribbing Meryl Streep for being such an underachiever when, you know, she's received 20 Academy Awards. And there's something about Jimmy Kimmel that that um, is sweet. Yeah. You know, he's yeah. like a sweet person. I mean, not he could, a, he could cut your legs mean, out from under you, but he always does it with a grin. <laughs> That's right. And, and and you tend to be grinning too while it's happening. Well, what's it going to take for Denzel to win? Um we're going to have to we're going to have to do something for the guy cuz he seems like he's just really has bad luck. Well, I don't know if it's bad luck. I think he has an incredible career. He's already won two Oscars, taking fences, August Wilson's. You think he's going to be okay? I mean, I was worried I, about him last night. I think he is a brilliant actor and, you know, it's it's exciting that Casey Affleck won for Manchester yeah. by the Sea. It, it was a different type of portrayal. And, you know, when you're dealing with the Giants like Denzel Washington, they've had long and sustained careers. And you can tell he was genu- genuinely happy that, yeah. you know, Casey Affleck won. And, and but you're I, right. Many people thought he was going to win because he took Denzel took the SAG award. I've always said that um, that the actors that are nominated and when they lose that they should win Emmys for best acting for not looking like they're <laughs> completely. I mean, I've done that with I've been on the Pulitzer thing twice and, and lost and nobody was watching me. And I felt like I was like throwing things against the wall. So I do admire them for being able to sit there with their teeth grit and a big <laughs> smile on their face on that. But yeah, about Denzel, the only thing about him, it just kind of amazes me that he's 62 years old. He does not he look it. Amazing. No, he really does. <laughs> yeah, he doesn't, doesn't he? He looks great. He yeah. looks so beautiful, his wife there. Yeah. All right. So what did you both think about Mel Gibson and his wife? Well, I, didn't, I didn't see it. Marshall, what do you think? Uh, well, I mean, the thing about Mel, every time his, he would get this big toothy grin on his face, and I'm, I was mm-hmm. starting to think, maybe that crazy act in Lethal Weapon wasn't an act. Because <laughs> I expected him to do the Three Stooges thing like he did in Lethal Weapon, going, <laughs> like that on there because i was like wow okay he's i hope somebody shoots him with a dart he does have that crazy look he does have that crazy look i was just commenting on the age disparity between mel gibson and his young wife oh yeah that's true and Mm. i think like 
he, they're like pregnant or, or just had a child or something. I remember reading that. I was like, wow, okay, good for you, big guy. Um, yeah, yeah, like number eight or nine. I know yeah. he well, has a very large family. Yeah, I've got a nine-year-old, and it wears me out at, <laughs> at my age, so I can only imagine. Um, hey, Anita, I wanted to ask you, um, I was looking at some stuff about the box office this weekend. I went to see Get Out this weekend. Um, the, the movie that was uh, directed by Jordan Peele of Key and Peele. It's a horror and it has some comedy in it and it made $30.5 million. So it passed Lego Batman. Uh, what have you heard about that movie? Have you seen it? Do you have any thoughts? Well, I haven't seen it yet, but I will tell you this. If anything in the horror genre is a really good investment to yeah. the extent that films are good investments because... It, it, it defies language, right? You can, you, people don't have to know the language to be scared. And the other thing is you can make them relatively inexpensively. And, you know, my hat's off to the people who pulled off doubt. That is a great success story. So he only I spent put it on my list to watch. Yeah, I heard that he only spent like $4.5 million on it, and it has already made $30 million in the opening weekend. So, I mean, that's a that's a surplus. <laughs> and he's incredibly talented. Yeah, just to, yeah, that is a success. What a incredibly talented guy. Um, now, my son, now my 16-year-old son and my 22-year-old nephew both said that Lego Batman is one of the funniest movies they've ever seen. Well, you, you can see why. It's, yeah. It was funny. I saw it. It yeah, was funny. You get some Bruce Wayne jokes in there. Adam West jokes. That's what my son, my son said. The Adam West joke, the shark repellent joke was worth the price of admission alone. Bill Paxton died over the weekend. And I don't know about you, but um, 61 is awfully young. And, of course, he died from complications of surgery. I first thought of Chet from Weird Science, which I thought was one of the greatest uh, big brother bully roles ever. Um, when, they, when they came up to the two boys that were hung over and said, would you like a greasy pork sandwich served in a dirty ashtray is still a line that I use like 30 <laughs> years later. Uh, and his used car salesman in True Lies was fantastic. And of course, in, in you know, Twister, he never got his voice above, you know, I'm Bill, Bill, you know, talks like that. Um, but, it's, you know, you, you, you lose a star like that and you're just like, dang, that was way too soon. I know there seemed like this past year, so many people passed away. I, w- I was looking at the in Marion when obviously before um, Bill Paxton passed away just before the Oscars, so they weren't able to include his picture in that montage, or I didn't see it when it was going through it. But you're right. Yeah. It's sad it, when they pass away. It's, it's, yeah, I always thought they were going to say it brought the, the, that the whole segment was brought to you by 2016, because 2016 was so brutal last year, and they should have just put his name up there and used Jan Chapman's picture again. That's true. Yeah, because they were doing that for everybody else. And there been a lot of tweets on that. That's true. That's true. Well, any other last thoughts that you've got on on the Oscars? Because it was actually a pretty good show. I thought it, I thought it was a terrific show, and and this guffaw at the end, while quite astonishing, um, I think brings a lot of attention to Moonlight, which is a movie that I hope everybody supports. Yeah, I do too. And that's that's one of the fun things for me after the Oscars is now I have a big long list of movies to to watch. You know, because sometimes I I get busy and I don't see a lot of these movies, and then I end up watching them. It's like you know, last year was it last year the Whiplash came out. I remember watching that, going, "This was really good. This this guy could can really direct. He might have a future." And I guess he does. Director to win an Oscar. Yeah, thirty two years old. old. I guess I better get busy then. (laughs) You better. So I know, and I got a baby though. You got decades. You got decades. (sighs) <sighs> okay, we got to ask you real quick. I forgot to ask. It's really important because I haven't talked to you in a while, and I just wanted to see what's up on the personal side because I know you're out there still working on, on movies, and, of course, you're busy as a lawyer as well. But what's going on with you? 
Well, I'll tell you, and I appreciate you asking, I had this incredible opportunity where I had Butler Snow's Entertainment and Media Group, and we happen to have a firm footprint in every state that has great uh, motion picture incentives. So our group focuses on film, television, music, and the digital space. And one of the things that I'm really proud of is, yes, it is about time, but I am executive producer on the first estate-approved documentary on William Faulkner. And filming has begun on that. We are very, very excited. There is a lot of enthusiasm over the project. It, there's, we are using as much Mississippi talent as we can, particularly for the reenactments. John Maxwell, the family, the oh, Faulkner family yeah. loves John Maxwell. I don't know if people have seen his show, but if, he if is you haven't go. Oh, yeah. He's yeah. amazing. And everything he, he does, he transforms into whoever he's playing. He's just that good. He I, is that good. And they were adamant that they said, is John Maxwell on board? And I confirmed that John was, in fact, on board. And, you know, you'll, you'll be hearing more about this documentary as we move forward. But we have hopefully big plans and um, soon to be in theaters. <laughs> you do <laughs> realize that I am standing up right now giving you a standing ovation. That. No, Thank that, that is so awesome. Much. Congratulations on that. And, you know, I mean, as a content creator myself, and, and I know how important that people don't understand, people that are artists don't understand how important the business side is of this, because obviously, number one, the world has changed so much in the last 10 years, even on rights and being able to control your content. But what you do on that side of things is equally as important as what you create, too. Especially true in a documentary. We yeah. want to do it right. We want to we want to do the Faulkner legacy, the right job. Right. Our writer and director on the project is Michael Modak. And I know that last name seems familiar. It does. Our producer is Lee Kaplan and Anna Lampton. We have a young creative team to bring this to the world and hopefully to expand Faulkner to an even larger audience, to their audience, to the, the 20-somethings and the 30-somethings, and, and continue to build forward. Anita, I just wanted to thank you for taking the time out and talk to us. We'll have to get you back on soon because this was just so much fun. This was so much fun. Thank you both for thinking of me and um, talking about probably one of the most exciting Oscars that I've seen in the last decade. I think it's because of Halle Berry's hair. You're right. <laughs> that was awesome. She has the best hair. That, that was so cool last night. I was just sitting there having major hair envy, to say the least. So She, she got a lot of criticism for that hair. Some people didn't like it. Well, of course she got criticism. I thought it rocked. You got to go look at the memes, Anita. They put the Jordan cry face all over her head. Just, no. just Google it. It's oh, hilarious. That's just cruel. That's just <laughs> wrong. I don't understand it. I know. I'm, I'm with her, though. Anita, thank you so much. Thank uh, you so much. All right. Well, Lee King is coming up. But first, we got our question of the day. When it comes to awards, who do you think should decide the winner, the people or a panel of experts? You can give us a call at 877-MPB-RING, or you can email me at marshall at MPB online. This is Now You're Talking. We'll be back in just a moment.
This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand. Welcome back. This now you're talking on MPB Think Radio on a Monday. I hope you're having a great day. It's the day after the Oscars. We all survived that. <laughs> and we just got breaking news that the winner of the Best Picture director is Lee King. Hello, watch out. Here he is. He is in the house. Lee <laughs> King, it is so good to see you. <laughs> hey, it's not? always good to be here. That is, uh, other than my radio show, this is the best radio show I've ever been on in my life. Ah, and I love his modesty, too. That's what's so great about him. You know, it's just overwhelming. It's just like a big tidal wave of modesty. That just right me. there. Right there. Oh, and you, yeah. Of course, you know, you started at 13. Yes, indeed. So no you question. got you got a couple more years on I me on this one. I have a few on you. You do? Yeah, I practice a lot. You do. You practice a lot, and it shows. It shows. <laughs> Thank you. I mean, I, you know, seriously, I could go through your list of accomplishments. You started in the industry when you're 12. You started as a radio announcer at 13. You became a professional entertainer and an international recording. What you? Huh, just going through this, one of the youngest electrical engineers, um, African American, one of the first ones in, in the United States. Worked with James Brown. Oh, yeah, that guy. Oh, that guy. Yeah. Man, shoot. Dude, little old guy. Yeah. And he, and, <laughs> Out of Georgia. Yeah, he was little. He, You know, he started having kind of an interesting career. He's very shy, though. Oh, no question about it. I had trouble keeping up with his shyness. But I tell you what, you learned a lot from him, didn't you? Oh, without a doubt. He is responsible for most of everything that I've accomplished. Uh, when he took me under his wing... Um, at a young, young age, I think when I started working for him, about 17 years of age, something like that. What do you see in you? Well, what he saw in me was he he had bought three radio stations and uh, he needed an electrical engineer. Yeah. And I was he read about me and they right at the right time because uh, when I got uh, my radio engineering uh, uh, certificate, uh, it was in a newspaper. He read about it, had just bought a station in uh, Knoxville, Tennessee, and uh, wanted me to engineer that station. He found that there were many, many uh, Caucasian engineers, but th- yeah. there were no black engineers. And James Brown was pro-black. He wanted right. he wanted a, a black engineer. So when he found out that I had a- obtained that uh, uh, license, then he, can't, he saw it after me. Yeah, what year was that? Because I think uh, Ooh, people man. need to understand the context of when this was that happening. Was, uh, uh, 68, 70, 1970. Yeah, right. Mm-hmm. So that was that was that was a very important statement on his part. People always think of him as an entertainer, but they forgot he was a pretty savvy business guy. Oh, also. without question, uh, yeah. that man could ca- out count a calculator. He used to do a trick where, when I was on the road with him, uh, he have a pile of money on the desk, and he said, "Mr. King, now I want you to get a calculator over there, and I want you to count this money." And he would just thumb through it and have the answer before I was through calculating with the calculator. Wow. Yeah, that was a trick. I don't know how he did it, but. Uh, he was like that. He probably already knew how much it was before he <laughs> gave it to you. You know, I never thought of that. Ah, <laughs> it's funny how smart you can be when you already know the answer. <laughs> that might have been it. I know. Unless we have an Ouija board, we'll never know now. So there you go. You know, you you went from being an engineer and you got into the business side yourself. And, mm-hmm. and you started producing, you know, Dance Variety television show, Black Gold, mm-hmm. 21 years. Which, it, Folks, I don't think people understand what a run that is in, in the television business. And you were number one in your time slot the whole time. Whole time. Uh, we beat out American Bandstand. We beat out. Then they 
after we beat out American Bandstand, then they changed Soul Train's time and, and said, well, it's a similar show and it's a national-based show. Let's put that up against them. And I think the last 10 or 11 years of the show, they put up Soul Train. We beat them every year. You beat year. Soul Train. Beat Soul Train. That's huge. That was remarkable. Yeah. But that yeah. just shows you. I mean, number one, people are interested in what's going on locally. But number yes. two, that just showed the production value and the quality. Well, that too. And, and the kids were so talented. Yeah. I, I mean, everybody that I surrounded myself with, I was smart enough. Uh, to get uh, folks who were in the dancing business, like Hollis Pippins was my uh, a choreographer. He right. was a he was a dancer's dancer, right. and uh, he and uh, a lady by the name of Dot Taylor uh, helped me organize uh, the talent for that show. And man, I tell you what, those kids back in that day, they had never been on television, first of all, right? And they became individual stars. So that helped because I just kept their head straight, and they did the rest. The talent was them. Well. And it was wise on your part, too, to let your ego get out of the way. Yeah, you, out of the way. Yeah, yeah. If, you, if you can look and find people that are better than you, quote-unquote, yes. in different areas, then yes. you're going to succeed. And it makes you look good in the long run. No question about it. Who you surround yourself with oftentimes de- uh, determine the destination of where you're going to end up. But, you know, there's so many people that just want to be the smartest person in the room. That's exactly right. Egos will allow them to really make a mess of themselves. <laughs> I have never had that problem. <laughs> I have never been the smartest person in the room. I mean, you know, I got got good hair, mind yeah. you. Not Halle Berry hair, mind <laughs> you, but it's good hair. So, uh, hey, Mr. King, I had a question for you. Yes, um, ma'am. You were talking about being a young entertainer. I was recently watching the new edition story on BET. Oh, boy. Uh, those boys were really young when they got into the industry, and they got taken advantage of really quickly. Yeah. Yes. So, what would be your advice to young entertainers? Because there are a lot of folks out here, 12, 13, with lots of talent, and some vultures are trying to, to, to get to them really quickly. As parents, what, what should you do? Uh, you know, how far should you allow them to go when it comes to acting and entertaining at a young age? Well, honestly, the, the parents need to do their homework and do their due diligence and finding out, uh, as I said, the best people to surround themselves with. And unfortunately, they uh, have allowed their cousins and their uh, brothers and so on and so forth who knew nothing about the industry uh, be the uh, guiding force. And oftentimes when you're a conductor who has no destination, you get a train that is train wrecked. Mm. Uh, as a matter of fact, you know, I used to promote those guys uh, and, and uh, the nicest guys on the planet. But the parents got in the way all the time on the business side. So wow. eventually that's that's what that's that is what eventually is going to happen to you. Well, you see that a lot, too. Parents yeah. will rob their kids blind. They take the trust and no, everything certainly. else and make. And, you know, and I was thinking about surrounding yourself with good people. And I know Elvis had Colonel Tom. But I mean, even that he, even Elvis suffered from that, yes, you know, indeed. to a degree, you know, just trusting people that you're your friends. To trusting be your, them blind. And yeah. When you're blind, you run into things. You do tend to Normally do that. the wrong things. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And it hurts. Mm-hmm. It hurts. Talk about. Black Gold, and, and doing that show. Now, where did you film that at? I was trying to remember. It was Filmed it at WLBT Studio. That's right. Uh-huh. That's right. Studio's still there and yeah. so forth. And yeah. that, talk about that production because, you know, I mean, it was technology and everything else, but you made it look like a big-time production. How did you pull that off? <laughs> well, we pulled it off by, uh, by a shoestring, really. Yeah. Uh, the the uh, platforms that the, the dancers danced on top of, we, we went out and got the big spools of, uh, un, uh, well, used up, um, oh, what's the thing? It, the electrical companies, when they had that big wire, they had those gigantic spools. And I didn't know what I was going to have them to stand 
stand on or dance on top, God, I knew I had to elevate them. So I went out and found about three or four of those things, painted yeah. them, put it gl- put glitter on, <laughs> and pushed it in there. I think the thing as far as production is concerned, I knew what I wanted and I translated it well. And I had some people who, as I translated what I wanted to do, carried out what my vision was yeah. on it. So that's what made the production tight. I'm a stickler for being on time. I'm a stickler for doing what you say you're going to do. And I'm a stickler for no excuses. And I made those kids understand that you might be teenagers, but this is a business. You know, and it, there's a golden thread running through every successful person like you or Vastai Jackson or oh, everybody yeah, else. Vastai. Yes, it's, indeed. It's, it's all about you know, having standards, even B.B. King, you yes. know, when it was band yes. members, you know, they had to make sure they couldn't drink. They that's had to drink, right. you know. You, if you're going to entertain, by golly, you got to pay attention to the audience. Yeah, it's not about I, you. I like for example, James Brown. When I yeah. went to work with him, you could not get away without calling each other Mister. Really? Uh, two people got fired for, and, and I went to work for him when I was a teenager. So they resented calling me Mister. They said, "Well, oh, he's yeah. a kid." And James Brown, on two occasions, heard those persons address me by my first name. He fired them on the spot. People who he needed. I mean, we were on a date. Uh, uh, first date was in uh, Chicago, Illinois. Second date was in St. Louis. And the band member that called me that, we were about to go on stage. And they called me by my first name. James Brown fired him on the spot. Wow. Sure did. Wow. That's kind of like the broken windows theory, though. You know, you, you, you fix up the windows in a neighborhood and suddenly crime goes down. But, I mean, seriously, if you show respect and yeah. basic respect like that, everything else is going to fall into Most place. Most certainly. Most certainly. Sharita had such a great point about kids today and, and so forth. You know, the technology now is you can almost produce an album in your house. That's right. Because you've got the, the digital tools and everything else now. And, you you know, it used to be, and, and I can even say this in what I do for a living, that you used to wait around for somebody to come and discover you. <laughs> That's right. But yes. now you got social media, you got YouTube, you got to throw it out there. That's so, right. But yeah. you got to make sure that your stuff looks professional. No question. And sometimes that is a... Um uh, that that's a blessing, and sometimes it's a curse because a lot of these kids who have the technology in their own, yeah, they don't know exactly how to use it, and consequently they push things out that are not good. Right, they don't have the the core talent. That's right. That's right. Because it's it's easy. I could actually sing with auto tune. Yeah, that's right. Any, almost anybody can. No, I take that back. I'd have to <laughs> auto tune my auto tune. So, I, I do not make a joyful noise. I can tell you that. Lee King is with us right now, and we're going to take a quick break. But the question of the day is this. Do you feel like that Oscars and award shows should be judged by the people or by panels of experts? Hey, why not? You know, that's a good question. You can give us a call at any time at 877-672-7464. This is Now You're Talking on MPB Think Radio. Get up, get on up, stay on the scene. Get on up, like a sex machine. Get on up, get up, get on up, stay on the scene. Get on up, like a sex machine. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand. Welcome back. This is Now You're Talking on MPB Think Radio. Every time I hear James Brown, I'm going, ha, ha, good dog. I know. 
Hey, hey, hey. <laughs> my my 14-year-old loves James Brown and has like got all this stuff and listens to it and tries to do the dance moves, which is kind of funny because he's my <laughs> child. But he like when he first time he saw Eddie Murphy doing it. Are you saying you don't have rhythm? Huh? Are you saying you don't have rhythm? Lee, I hate to break it to you, buddy. Tell what? I can draw. <laughs> Okay. Oh, God. Uh, but you, I mean, now you, on the other hand, are multi-talented and incredible, but Black Gold is coming back. Black Gold, yes, indeed. That's awesome. After 21 years. Now, how long has it been since it's been off the air? 24 years since it's been off the air. We, so you're uh, hitting a whole new generation. Uh, yes, indeed. We we went, uh, we started in 72, and we got off in 93 after 21 years, and it's been since 93. That's, I think, if my calculation right, 24, 24 years. Oh, good Lord. That's the year I got married. Really now? Yeah. Oh, my. Okay. Uh, that's a long time. That is a long time. Uh, no wonder my, my wife doesn't like me too much anymore. <laughs> Black gold, but you're, gonna, but you're doing it. You're doing a live, like, at a dance club. We're deal. doing it at a club uh, total, uh, excuse me, the next experience uh, in the Metro Center Mall. Yeah. And let me tell you, the reason that it is brought back in asking questions about entertainment, and I'm consistently doing that, as I always try to better myself and better the entertainment in and around this area. The big question was, what do you want to do? And the the answer always has been, um, want to go somewhere and dance. We don't have anywhere to dance. There are always bands. and the, But every time we find a good place to go out and dance, uh, there is someone who eventually end up allowing the teenagers to come in yeah. and the hip hoppers. So, you know, no uh, adult want to look across and see their neighbor's kid in the same place, you know, where they are. So the adults wanted somewhere to dance. That's all. And when you're going to bring back, go, go back. Ever since the 24 years I've been on. So I decided, okay, well, we're going to bring it back. And we're going to have a place for entertainment to entertain the adults. And then we're going to film it. I'm about to say, you're going to have a video component on we're, this. We're going to have a video component. So we, how's it going to be broadcast? Well, that's kind of under lock and key right at the moment. Okay, you could tell me, but oh, it's just between us. You uh, tell yeah, me right yeah, now. Well, it's two ready television stations that's buying for it. So. Are they? That's yes. awesome. Yes, indeed. That so. is awesome. We have a caller right now that's got a question about Black Gold. we got Carlton on the line. Hello, Carlton. Welcome to the show. Hello. How are you all doing? Awesome. Thanks for calling. What's up? Uh, listen, uh, if Dick King might remember, Carlton King used to direct... Uh, oh, uh, yes, yes, yes. Yeah, is this Carlton? This is Carlton. My, my, my. Hello, my friend. Good gracious of mine. It's been many years. Man, it's so good to hear from you all these years. Thank you kindly. Man, I, uh, a lot of times, all this time, I've just always <laughs> think how good that show was. And... I loved every minute of directing for you. Oh, man, you did a good job. I mean, you were one of the components that helped put it where it uh, got to be. I mean, man, I can only tell you I am I am thrilled to hear your voice. You are you're one of a kind, my friend. Thank you so much for calling. I mean, boy. Hello, Carlton King. I would like King. to see you again, man. Well, come on down to on the March the uh, 4th. That's this coming Saturday. We'll be over at the Metro Cinema. Come see me. Yeah, 9 p.m. to 2 a.m. That's it. And I like the missions $10. <laughs> but, you know, nine that's past my bedtime. <laughs> oh, come on now. <laughs> right, yeah. Oh, yeah, you're right. Go, go, well, maybe 10 o'clock. Okay. <laughs> come out for a little well, you while. can come out for an hour. I can come out for an hour, you know, drink my Geritol. And I guarantee back. you, when you get leave my place, you'll be ready to go to bed. Yeah, uh-huh. exactly. <laughs> exactly. That, that is very, I mean, this is awesome. So you're, you're 
it's looking it's going to be on television so uh-huh. that's good uh-huh. and but you know i mean you still got the you've got social media you can get out a million different ways now that's a lot of fun too. most certainly yeah and, and and the biggest emphasis is not on television is is much more than that uh, a place of entertainment and a place when people hear hit music and they want to dance and get up out of their chairs that they just do it at the house and they want a place where they can really get down the purpose of the black gold dance club is just exactly that to be a dance club well, i was just thinking about that because when you know and I, and I can tell you from speaking live versus being on the radio that when you're live and mm-hmm. when you've got an audience and when you've got people there you've got energy almost to burn. certainly and yeah. it's sometimes hard to recreate that in the studio you did a good job of it but this has got to be in a way a lot more exciting because you're going to have all that energy that you can bottle and get on the air. That's right, and I love it. I I can't wait to see what it evolves into because yeah. I have my uh, my dream intuition about it. But I, to to make it into reality, that's what I can't wait for. I just man, I am just so excited. It is unbelievable. Well, I mean, this is probably a stupid question considering that probably is going to take up a good chunk of your time. But what else you got in? The- <laughs> I mean, what are you what are you doing when, between the hours of two a.m. and six a.m.? Well, I still uh, uh, um, producing festivals. We just yeah. still do the Fair Street festivals. Uh, we're looking at some other shows. Uh, I'm executive producer also of the Jackson Music Awards, uh, the Gospel Music Awards. So we have a few other things yeah. on our plate, you know, so, here and there. So basically, you're like uh, air traffic control and you got like 16 right, runways there you go. and watching there the planes you go. going up. And I love it. I love you every do. minute of it. You're never going to slow down, are you? Not at all. Uh, somebody, as I tell my wife all the time, uh, never real retire. I don't know. It's my philosophy, right or wrong, is that when you retire, you lose a part of yourself. You do. And I will never, ever retire. You will probably find me uh, being put in an ambulance, getting off of the dance floor, as opposed to being at home, getting out of the bed. Well, you know, and I think you and I are both in the creative business, and we don't have to retire. That's right. You That's know, right. Because I think as soon as you retire, you expire. Oh, no that. question. You know, no you got question. A purpose. Let me ask you a question of the day on this, because um, I think it was a, good, a solid question. Do you think that award shows should be done by the people, or do you think there should be experts, like on the Oscars, for instance? Well, you know, that's a hard question, because I find that some of the experts, or so-called experts, miss the mark. Yeah. Oftentimes, they don't see certain things. For an example, especially African-American uh, movies, how yeah. many of the, the so-called experts Experts go to those and can be able to judge those. Yeah, I think we had problems with that last year. Most certainly. So they made a big change. Uh, The people, however, they go to all kinds. Uh, They go to uh, various things. But sometimes the problem with dealing with the public as the the answer to it is they deal with it more on who they like and on emotion as opposed to talent. True. So it's a, it's a double-edged sword. Uh, I think you need to have both, you oh, know, and that balance. I is. think Star Wars should have won Best Picture. You know, come yeah. on, you know, back yeah. in 77. Although if you watch the movie now, you're like, oh, it's a little cheesy, but that's okay. <laughs> but when I was six... By golly, that was the greatest thing oh, ever. Oh, ain't no question. I mean, the, the technology from that standpoint was yeah. was the bomb. Lee, it's good to see you. Oh, man, I love coming in. I mean, it's went by way too fast. Well, I tell you what, I know how you can fix that and bite me back about four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten times. I'm <laughs> glad to do it. I mean, now that you're getting comfortable doing radio and everything. Every now and then. I know, you're starting to get a little bit comfortable. All righty. Well, the day after the Oscars, we have survived. Ah. All right. <laughs> Sharita, thank you for producing. Love you, great, yeah, great job as always. Coming up next is Southern Rooney. This is a production of Mississippi Public Broadcasting, this is Now You're Talking. Hey, what? You have an awesome week, and we will see you next Monday.
Dancing until the music stops now. Yeah. 